Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with the man of the hour, the man of the minute, the king of Kentucky backpacking, the redheaded backpacking wonder, Jeremiah Jerome Stringer. Hello. Thank you for that introduction, John. You know, I try to make it bigger and more grandiose every single time I introduce you. I got some flack from Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, over your intro on a recent episode. Yeah, he, he made a little comment about that, but you know, here, here's my thing, man. He's going to have to practice some humility because uh, <laughs> there's a new king in town. His name's Jeremiah Stringer. That's all I got to say about that, Jason. So, uh, Ooh, Look at you clapping back. <laughs> <laughs> got to give him a hard time, man. Dude, uh, this past week, he actually hooked me up with some Tyvek uh, for, my, uh, for my new tents. And uh, I made a video, I made a YouTube short, and it was like black black market Tyvek. It was pretty funny, man. I saw it. I thought it was hilarious. And I talked to him about it. I was like, man, that was really funny. Dude, we had so much fun. He and I went out for lunch. He got me Tyvek. I got him lunch. So. Oh, that was nice. Well, it was Cajun food. Who can turn that down? Right. Oh yeah. I love some Cajun food, man. Yeah. We got this restaurant here in Lexington, Kentucky called Gumbo Yaya. And, uh, man, it's good. And it's cheap, dude. It's like less than $10 to eat there. Man, where I live, um, there's not a whole lot of, it's all like American style food. So what I try to do is when a different food store opens up or a different food restaurant opens up, then uh, are there, are there non-food restaurants out there? (sighs) Look at you calling me out. Look at you. (laughs) I'm supposed to be the smartest man in Kentucky. Uh, You are the smartest man in Kentucky. We've already got that figured out. It's a low bar. But anyway, <laughs> I, I try to eat there before they go out of business because they always go out of business every time. So small town, Kentucky, man, yeah. small town, it's every small town in Kentucky, new restaurants don't last long. Well, you can have 10 Mexican restaurants. And when I say Mexican restaurants, it's all Tex-Mex, right? It's all oh, every bit of chimichangas, it, yeah. fajitas, all that kind of stuff. It's nothing yeah. like the food. It, it's a little bit like the food whenever I was living in Ecuador but I realize those are two completely different cultures. But yeah, I, I would say, just imagine Ecuadorian culture and Mexican culture aren't really the same thing. But right, but they still have a lot of commonalities. So right. the food that we cook here, that is Mexican food. <laughs> it's not, yeah, quote unquote for those listening. It's not right. It's not Mexican right. food. So there's this Indian restaurant that opened up. Like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And it's the first Indian restaurant we've had outside of, well, there's a gas station that has like a Q zone or something like that in it that um, there's this Indian family that owns it and they have a kitchen that they run out of there and they make Indian food like one day a week. The rest of the time it's like chicken tenders and, you know, typical like (laughs) you grab and go from the gas station. Typical Kentucky food. Yeah. So, yeah. That is the only Indian food I had access to till this new one opened up. So then 
Went and checked it out last week. Got the chicken curry. Mm, medium. Don't get the spicy. Spicy's too yeah. spicy. Yeah. If you've eaten it, unless you're just unless you're just down with the spice, you got to go medium or less when it comes to these Indian restaurants, man. Like we've got one here in uh, in Lexington that if you go in there and you say one, they they do it by like stars, uh-huh. and you can go up to five stars. And if you do five stars, good luck. I mean, it's it's like that. <laughs> what was that chip challenge? The pack was a packy chip challenge. You know what I'm talking about? No. I, wait. Like super ultra spicy, like ghost pepper chip or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're supposed to eat one. Yeah, you, there is only one. Yeah. And I've talked to so many people, and they said it felt like their stomach was eating them from the inside out when they ate that thing. Well, That's what it's like when you go five-star with Indian food. When you're getting Indian food, like just naturally, everything's spicier than you would expect. Yeah, it is. But I need to take you there, man, whenever you come down to here, unless they're out of business by the time. Like the last one I want to check out was a seafood place, which doesn't really make any sense in the middle of Kentucky because everything <laughs> has to come frozen. Well, like, you're not even in the middle of Kentucky. You're like southwestern Kentucky or south central Kentucky, something like that. Yeah, south central Kentucky. But I don't know. They serve like catfish and stuff like that out of the local lake. So that's fine, too. Not really seafood. But it went out of business before I even got to try it. Yeah, that happens a lot down here. Hey, yeah. speaking of uh, Central Kentucky, both of us were in the same vicinity of each other this weekend, but we weren't with each other this weekend. Didn't get to see you, man. I know you were uh, you were doing a different kind of weekend. You were overlanding, and I was doing an overnight backpacking trip. So why don't you uh, why don't you fill us in a little bit about this overlanding trip you did? Well, the cast are me. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Jeremy, which we had on last week, YouTube channel, All Things Outdoors. And Great guy. Yeah. And then one of Jeremy's friends, um, whose name is also Jason, but goes by Fig, F-I-G, Fig. So Fig. Did you find out why? Uh, yeah, because of his last name. But I don't know if he wants me to say oh. his last name. So, but Fair enough. Anyway, he has a Jeep Wrangler, like a Rubicon series. Yeah, and yeah. And it's all decked out and uh, good to go on the suspension and all that stuff I don't know anything about because I don't do overlanding. But he has it all rigged out to do this overlanding. So basically what that entails is if you imagine going mudding or yeah. uh, going on dirt roads, or in our case, we did quite a bit of water crossings. And these are water And some crazy boulders. Yes, the bouldering. Oh, man. Was, I, I saw Jeremy's little, he did like a little video for it. Man, like that looked like fun. Well, Jeremy, he had ordered um, a vehicle a while back, and it was a Bronco. So he got this new Bronco, and he whatever package that he ordered it with is already set to go for this type of terrain. And... Jeremy, this was his first trip overlanding. I was so proud of him, man. If if you go on his All Things Outdoors YouTube channel and check out yeah. that little teaser, he texted me today. He said he's working on the video. It might be done by the time we publish this, but dude, the oh, you mean first, he's doing like a full video? I thought that was the video because uh, I was like, that was a cool video. That was just a short teaser. There's more <clears> to come, apparently. So dang, that's like a three minute teaser, I think. I know. I was like, man, this is a lot of footage. I don't know what he's gonna put in this video. I know. Like, what else did you do? Like, that's that's crazy. Well, I gotta tell you, it was a fully mm. packed weekend. He said editing this type of video is like a different world versus the backpacking style. Oh yeah. 
That's yeah. That's what he said today. So he's got a ton of footage. Like we went through this one place called Thin Castle. So we started to go. Let me backtrack. We used Gaia, okay? Right. And we done this Daniel Boone backcountry byway, DBBB. And we're okay. on it, and guys started malfunctioning. I don't know if it's because of the service out there or what, or maybe it's his phone. I have no idea. Anyway, I was just along for the ride. I rode with Fig the entire time, who has, he's highly experienced in overlanding, whereas this was Jeremy's first trip, and I was so proud of him because the first spot we came to, I'm talking 30 seconds in on the trail, <laughs> Jeremy gets like three, two or three tires on the ground and, and has one lifted off the ground straight off the bat uh, two or three times. It was, it was crazy, man. I put a picture of it on my Instagram and I was That's like, awesome. him, him and Jason are just sending it, just, just send it all the way, baby. Full send straight <laughs> through there, right off the bat. I was like, Oh my goodness, something's going to break in the first two minutes. And then, <laughs> and then we're going to have to be towing this, like he's going to break a U joint or something. And then oh, we're, we're going to have to drive and uh, get some help and all that stuff. But we had a fully fun pack weekend, man. We we did one section and we all would get, like get out and check out, you know, the bouldering and figure out the best line to take and spot and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we drove through the Jeep. Oh, man. Excellent driver. We made it through real quick. And then Jeremy, dude, he's got this brand new Bronco. We're trying as hard as we can not to just completely wreck it on these like four or five foot tall boulders that you're having to go through with two oh, tires. Oh, I saw and, that. There was maybe like two inches of clearance at one point. Oh, at one point we were stuck there, man. We had to start stacking rocks under the tires to get traction, like had a tire off the ground. We have one one tire that's like five feet above the other side of the vehicle. It's crazy, dude. Those Broncos, those are built. Jeremy drove it right through there, man. It was like the Dang. sketchiest part. Of the entire, the entire, like hundred and sixty miles or whatever it was, is it was, it was when crazy. You, when you did the beginning of the Sheltoe Trace down in Tennessee, did you run into any people doing that down there? Because I did. I ran into people on <clears throat> razors, but I didn't see like jeeps and like rigged out different vehicles. It was more yeah, we, like we had two come by us. Like we had two come by us when we were down in Tennessee, and one of them, like I think I talked about this in a past podcast, but. I don't know if the vehicle had paint on it because all the stickers that they had on the, the vehicle covered all of where the paint would have been. It's like, it was unreal. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. And they were just driving through. It's super nice. Like nicest people in the world. Are you and big, drove right on through. You a big sticker guy? Eh, stickers are cool. I like getting them. I, I put like, them on my, I put them on my stuff. I like putting them on my stuff, but I don't like them on my vehicle. Nah, I, I, I put like, if I do a trail, like I did the Shell Toy Trace. I've got a Shell Toy Trace sticker on my truck. And uh, I did uh, Kilimanjaro, so I've got a Kilimanjaro sticker on my truck. Well, that's it. That, that's what I think, too. If I'm going to put it yeah. on my vehicle, especially I don't have a nice vehicle, right? Those people that watch my videos know I drive like an old beat-up truck, like an old one. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But I still don't have any stickers on there. Even when I bought it, there were stickers on it. I took a hot gun and uh, took all those stickers off. So if it's yeah. something special, I'll put it on there. Like the long trail, I do that. Yeah. Well, my truck just turned 12 years old or wow. turns 12 years old this year, which is weird because when I got it, it was only like four or five years old. Dude, I'm in the market and I've been saving. No, we're close, dude. I was just on Facebook Marketplace yesterday and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a pretty good deal. This truck is like 18 grand with 
60,000 miles on it and it's seven years old. Of course, it had a rebuilt title and all kinds of body damage. I was like, oh, that's why it's priced. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm going to keep waiting. Trucks are expensive right now. I told Bridget, though, that, well, everything is, but I told Bridget the overlanding and all that, I could definitely get into that, but it had to be down the road because I have to have Not cheap. No, backpacking is so much more inexpensive. Like, I guarantee you could get a, a fairly good backpacking loadout like from head to toe for if you wanted to just get out there, 500 bucks would get you everything you'd need and more oh, yeah. to just be able to go into the woods. It may not be the lightest thing in the world, but you could find some deals and you could definitely do it for 500 bucks and be comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. We need to get Edward Shin on here at some point. Oh yeah. He's, he went to the camping style videos on his YouTube channel. Yeah. He's uh he's man. He's, he's an overlander. He's, he's all over the place. And his videos are great. Yeah. Super nice guy, too. Just a really nice guy. But uh, he might be someone we need to get on here at some point. I watched one of his videos before I'd done this winter trip because, you know, you're you're trying to do something. You get on YouTube, you research it or whatever, Google it. And his come up, and that's where I got the idea of the Mr. Buddy heater because I was like, this is probably going to kill me. If I put this heater inside the tent, I'm probably going to die of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> so, you did. I, well, <laughs> I did. And I was reincarnated into <laughs> You're me. better now. You're better now. So that's where I got the idea from, man. He's got an awesome channel. and Oh, his channel's fantastic. They get out in some weather. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, dude, let me tell you about my weekend. Yes, I'd love to hear because we were both around the gorge area, but I was on I, the outside. Yeah, I was right at uh, Flash, Brian Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I got together this weekend. We were trying to get together the weekend before, but that's when that big blizzard came through. And uh, all the roads were closed off in the gorge. I mean, there was just no getting to where we were going to go. So we ended up coming this weekend instead. And uh, we did Oxier Ridge. We did the Oxier Ridge loop. It's not a huge hike. It's a little over five miles for the loop. Mm -hmm. Um, But Brian has tried two times before this to go. The first time he went, he brought his dog with him. They got all the way across the ridge came down uh, to where the stairs are. Now, if you've ever been to the River Gorge, uh, Oxier Ridge is probably the most popular hike in the River Gorge. Um, everybody loves it. It's got one of the most beautiful sights uh, when you get to the actual Oxier Ridge area where you can see literally on either side of you just forever. It's beautiful. But uh, he hiked across the ridge, came down, and there are stairs on the back end of the trail. And he goes to get on the stairs, and his dog won't go with him. Oh, dog freaked out, man. That's a lot dog- of stairs, though. Yeah, the dog freaked out, wouldn't go, so they had to turn around and just come back. And so they never finished the trail. Well, then he went another time to get that done. And uh, cuz he's got a he's got a goal this year, he wants to get 100 miles on, in the Red River Gorge. Like he wants to do that this year. And uh so he came out and he was going to do it himself and had his his uh AirPods in and somewhere along the way his AirPods fell out. And he didn't realize it until he got to a certain point and realized he didn't have them. And so he turned around and went back looking for them. And by the time he found them, he was almost back to the trailhead. So he just walked back to the car and, and called it quits. And so uh, then he, he called me or I, I texted with him and he's like, can we do Oxier Ridge? He goes, I'm 0 for 2 and I've got to get that trail. And, and so that's what we did. We hiked that. And uh, as we were coming down the trail on the back end, I've, I've hiked it before. I'm sure you, you've hiked it a couple times, if not more. Um, but as we're hiking it, when we come down the stairs, there's a little spot where you have to kind of scramble down this rock mm-hmm. um, on the trail. So I scramble down, and when I do, I turn around real quick to see where Brian is. 
And when I turn around, I feel something in my back just twitch. And I was like, oh, that didn't feel right. <laughs> so, like, I feel this pain in my back. And I was just like, ah, I'll hike it off. You know, you know how it is. You yeah. twist ankles, twist your knee. Stuff like that just happens sometimes, and you just walk it off, and you're fine. Well, I, I walked it off as much as I could, and two miles down the trail, I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, so uh, how would you feel if we didn't um, – hike up to that one campsite and we just find a campsite that's near parking. He just looks at me and goes, why? And I said, cause I don't know if I can walk much after we get down this trail. <laughs> so oh, we ended no. up, we finished the, the loop. We said like three miles to go or two miles to go at that point. And so, um, I, uh, we got, we got to the truck, got our stuff loaded in. We drove to another parking lot and I knew of a spot where we could park and there was a campsite literally 50 feet past the parking lot. And, and so we ended up going there and camping out for the night. Um, had a fire, did everything normal. We just didn't hike up to the campsite that we thought we were going to do. So it was just one of those things, you know, where it's kind of like, I'm still staying out here because I want to sleep in that hammock worse than anything right now. And I know my back's going to love me for that. So we just figured out how to make it work. But he finally got the Oxier Ridge Loop done, <laughs> and oh. I finally got to sleep in my hammock. So you all – wait, hold on a second. Quality control stepping in here. Yes. It's it's okay if this is an easy access. Do you have manual focus on your camera? Uh, no, not on this lens, no. Oh, okay, because it's hunting for you a little bit. Well, it's it, it likes this microphone. Oh, okay. here, I'll do this and see if it does that better. No worries. It's looking for that face, that beautiful face, and those. Well, beautiful it's frames. maybe not thinking this face is so beautiful, and that's why it's constantly putting me out of focus. <laughs> so there's that. There's that reality there. So I want to talk to you about the hammocks because those that listened to the previous few episodes know that um, we've been having a little bit of arguments on what the the most effective setups and stuff are. Oh, bro, bro, how did, how did you do out there with the uh, putting those spider whatevers together? The the crickets. Oh, I thought they were spot or something. What was I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking the no, straps. But uh, I think it's crickets. Hold on. Let me see. I've got it right over here. Yeah. Make sure I say the right thing. Stingers. Stingers. Okay. Stingers. Dutch stingers. They were awesome, and they set up so fast. It was ridiculous, even for my first time using them. Wow. Um, that's got to be the fastest I've ever set a tarp up in my life. <laughs> we won't rehash it, but uh, I'm I, glad they worked for you, man. No, they really I think you'd like them, actually. I think you would want to get a set, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out. I, I used my... Oh, go ahead, man. Oh, no, keep going, keep going. I'll say something else I did. I used um, my standard hammock setup, but Jeremy, if you remember correctly, I said, hey, we'll talk this weekend. We can figure out plans for this Cloud 71 hammock. Yeah. He had it made whenever I got there. He made Jason and I both one. Of course, Jason was Oh, tempting. that's awesome. Yes, he made me a 12-foot hammock made out of cloud 71 so you can see through it um wanted some feedback i haven't got a chance to tell him all my thoughts on it yet but i had to call him up and, and talk to him about it and no net i didn't dive a <laughs> snake bite so that was good and everything worked out great dude i was so jeremy slept in his bronco he like put the back seat down and then like closed the hatch and stuff so he just slept on top of a folding table. With See, a now that stinks pad. because I wanted him to show you those stingers because he uses them. Well, he didn't get a chance to show me, but yeah, uh, I did get a chance to use that hammock. 
And since he wasn't hammock camping, he brought his whole hammock set up. So he could have showed me. Yeah. But we were just too busy having fun. Oh, yeah. But I set that up, and then he let me use his 30, it was like 32 degree enlightened equipment or something. I don't know. But I stacked our sleeping, uh, our under quilts. And okay. I, I, I had a zero degree from UGQ, and he had that one and another one. And I used both of them. And then stacked my top quilts. Dude, I woke up at 3.30. I was just drenched in sweat. Had to shed every layer I had through the cover. It was like 25 degrees well, out there. I was going to say, you didn't need the uh, to stack the under quilts at all. Like that didn't. zero degree from UGQ, man, you don't need to stack that one. I agree. But zero butt, zero cold butt syndrome at all. None. Well, I would hope not. If you had zero, if you had cold butt syndrome from that. Okay, I did have some cold butt, but it was my own fault. What'd you do? I forgot to tighten up the ends of my quilt. You mean like the uh, collars, the draft collars? Yeah, I forgot to tuck the draft collars in and tighten up the ends. Like, I was so in so much pain when we got to camp. I just got set up really quick, and we wanted the fire because it was starting to get cold. Mm-hmm. And I was hungry. You know, we just got done hiking. I was hungry. So we, uh, we <laughs> I didn't get those tightened up. Got into the hammock in about, I fell asleep. I, I mean, we were done. He got up at 4 o'clock for work. Uh, Ryan did he does he works at a donut shop and he so he's there at like four four thirty in the morning or something like that yeah and then I'd only got like four hours of sleep that night for some reason I can't remember what it was at this point but um we were both exhausted so like it got dark and it got to be about eight eight thirty and we were both like dude I'm going to bed <sighs> and so like uh I probably slept for about three hours woke up about eleven thirty eleven forty five woke up and I felt a draft coming in my like up my legs and I was like what in the world and I got out real quick and looked and realized I hadn't closed up either end and so I got those all closed up and everything was fine but man I was I definitely got a little bit of cold butt from that but that was my own fault that wasn't because of the the quilt I definitely had no problem staying warm man the the last night that we were there we stayed Friday and Saturday night the last night we camped at Coomer Ridge Oh, yeah, nice. uh, Yeah, we just left the vehicles at the first camp spot, like, you know, pay for parking and that kind of stuff. Yeah, And then camped at Coomer Ridge. And it was that. So there's been multiple winter storms to hit the southeast. And the most recent one, um, it was set to take place at around 9, 10 a.m. It's supposed to start snowing and stuff. And it didn't start to like 3. Well, where I was at, at the gorge on Sunday morning, they they were giving like 30% precipitation at 7. And then right. it went up a little bit every hour until about 10. It's supposed to 50, 60%. And I was like, okay. Well, I figured if I made it, we we're like, let's try to get to the vehicles and be on the road by 9. Because I knew Jeremy, where they live in northern Indiana, they were going to have a long drive. So it's best to leave early so you can get home. And, right. uh, you know, Jason and I wanted to get home because we live in Kentucky and snow shuts down the state. So I was like, okay, yep. nine is a good time. I can drive home in an hour in the snow. It won't build up that bad ice and all that. Well, I woke up at seven. I woke up at like six, probably 654, some, sometime around there and looked. And then I was like, I'm going to check the weather before I go back to sleep. Cause I know I don't have to get up until 815, 830. Right, right, right. And sure enough. It was like, oh, this is this is moving, start sleeting and icing and snow or uh, rain and that kind of stuff. At seven, they changed the forecast, and then I was like, mm, 
man, I really don't want to get up though. So I laid there for five minutes and then I started hearing the sleet hitting the tarp above me. And I was like, oh man, I'm not going to pack up and everything be soaking wet. So I got up at seven and had everything loaded in the vehicle and was waiting on Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, at 7.24 a.m. Is it just me or is that happening more often with the two of you? I think it comes with the age, man. I think where I, I'm young and springy. Listen, listen, don't be doing that age thing right now. Don't, 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 be, going, don't be going to this age thing, bro. Like, You're a young man, John. I'm one year younger than Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. So don't be doing the age thing, bro. Like, but it's your spirit, man. Your ambiance, your aura. It keeps you young. So you're, Jason, you're saying Jason has an old spirit? Well, I don't know how to describe it besides saying <laughs> I, I definitely beat him loading everything up and... You know, Fig and I, I think Jason was still packing up, and Fig had already dropped me off at the vehicle. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, I was going to say, uh, for we were going back to the hammock thing, uh-huh. um, I tried something a little different with my uh, hammock suspension this time. Because you were talking about how uh, the, the knot thing, you didn't like the knot thing, and that it should be easier to adjust. Well, I got something for that now. What would you do? I had used a Prusik knot setup. Uh-huh. You ever seen Prusik knots? Oh yeah, use them all the time. Okay, yeah. So I did a Prusik knot setup on my on my suspension instead. So all I have to do is slide my suspension up and down until I get the hang the way I want it. Oh, that's and, good because you need to be able to adjust the angle of your feet and head. Oh, dude, it was great. It was easy. I mean, I was super comfortable all night. And honestly, I got it set up the first time. Like I'm getting real. Like you know how it is when you do something enough times, you just kind of know. Like as you're setting it up. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a good night. I feel like, um, I use so many different pieces of equipment and like, you know, you either work with companies or there's a piece of gear that you want. So you buy it. So you're always trying out new stuff. I can never master it, but I got two good hangs over the weekend and slept like a rock, man. Get that hammock yeah, time in. What's Brian use? Uh, he's got a Gossamer gear, the one. Oh, did you try it out? Did you get in there? See how roomy no, it was? No, I, I, I took a look at it, though. I took a look at it. I mean, I've got the two. We were talking about the differences of them and that kind of thing. Uh, but quite honestly, man, I didn't want to bend over. Like, my back was killing me by that point. <laughs> I was like the old man on this trip, man. It was bad. Like, I haven't had my back hurt in a long time. But I think it was – I feel like it might have been already hurting a little bit before I got there. Uh-huh. And I just aggravated it more when I was out on the trail. Well, what would you do? What'd you do to aggravate it in the first place? I don't know. I don't know, but it was, it was a little sore when I went out there. And then, like I said, three miles in two and a half miles in, whatever it was, um, re-aggravated it. And you had, uh, your all's backpacks on the whole time to camp, didn't you? No, we, we did day packs. Oh, okay. We did day packs. Cause we were going back to the parking lot. There was no sense in wearing full packs when we were just going to go back to the parking lot and then go up to the campsite. Now, this campsite that you were planning on going to, in, yeah. not not the one that y'all ended up camping at. So it wasn't no. a long oxier ridge? No, it was in the opposite ridge. So it was, uh, you've been to this campsite before. It's over a cliff. Um, Is that one out around Stargap Arch? Yeah, it, well, you know, it's, it's up near Double Arch. Like you take this uh, service road and you go up. Oh, it's all off. Tra- I mean, all unofficial yeah, trail. It's an unofficial trail. Yeah, it's not one that people can find unless you know where it is. Yeah. So, um, you, did you still walk the same direction, but just stop at the first campsite? 
No, we got we we got to the parking lot, got in the truck, and we drove to a completely different parking lot. Oh, okay. I misheard you before. Yeah, we drove. We just got in the truck, drove to a different parking lot that was a little closer to the main road. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a campsite. Literally, I'm not even kidding when I say 50 feet from the parking lot. Man. Like we basically were car camping, you know. Which we weren't car camping, but we were car camping. And how's your back feel now? Oh, my back feels fine. So I, I tweaked a muscle, but I tweaked it pretty good because my wife was putting some stuff on it um, Saturday, and she said it was bruised. Really? So whatever I did, I did a pretty good job. Must have strained something or something yeah. like that. You know what you need to get? Keep those muscles a, loose and limber. A new body. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's possible, but. Probably something a lot. Science is, science is impressive these days, man. You never know. That's true. We transplant that bl- uh, that brain to uh, yeah. a body built like a Greek god. Well, find me an Adonis that I can like take over their body. There you go. Now, I was gonna say uh, one of those massage guns, man. I oh, we that. got one. We've got one. Oh, you need to beat your back up with those. I wasn't gonna do it that day. Like I said, it was bruised, man. It it hurt to touch. Like it was bad. So oh, you yeah. don't want to use. You don't. You never want to use those on a like an injured location, though, right? Because right. I think I'm not really sure how it works, but I think that it kind of beats the muscle up and almost like it's like one of those meat pulverizers. Yeah, it's a meat tenderizer. Yeah. So I used it on my legs. I I used it on my legs uh, Saturday afternoon for a little bit, just to kind of soften up my legs and stuff after hiking. I mean, that wasn't a. I mean, it's only a five mile hike. It wasn't like this massive hike or anything, but still, I hiked so. I still, I think I do it every time I come home now. Five miles is five miles, man. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't like a terribly difficult hike or anything. It was just, I, I twisted the wrong way at the wrong time. and It just did not enjoy being twisted. Those so, parts, the parts of Oxier Ridge that Brian didn't get to see before, did uh, he really enjoy those? Because I think those are kind of highlights, dude. Well, I mean, it was the, we went down, you know, I, I honestly think that, the bottom part of the loop is okay. Uh-huh. I think what's better is if you hike across to where the double arch uh, trailhead is. Uh-huh. If you hike across there where you actually go across the creek, I think that's a prettier hike than the bottom half of the double of the uh, Oxia Ridge hike. So he had already seen Haystack. And, yeah, he'd already uh, been up through all that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the the one rock that he he lovingly called Nipple Point. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which rock is that uh, it, it it looks like what i just said um we'll just leave it at that it, it was like <laughs> he didn't know what the actual name of it was i didn't know what the actual name of it was and so now that's what going, it was called now you're going to do it yeah yeah so it's there and i'm but he's like me he's like he goes i kind of want to make a t-shirt but he goes i'm afraid like the Daniel Boone National Forest is going to sue me over it because I'm calling it the wrong name. So, <laughs> you know, Jason, he says that he thinks a lot of those places that uh, that people have names for, like Haystack Rock or all, you know, different places, Hanson's Point. He says he thinks that um, Red River Gorge Underground has coined a lot of those because they, I don't know about discovered, but maybe more popularized how to get to a lot of spots. You yeah. check them out on YouTube. They don't have comments on or anything. They just throw the videos out there. But he thinks that a bunch of the names are just made up. Oh, they probably are. I mean, yeah. somebody had to make it up at some point, right? Sure, but some of them stuck. Now, I don't we know. We got about Reagan yours. Rock now. So Reagan Rock. Yeah, out there at Hanson's Point, the the one with the 
The one big long one that's out there in the middle of nowhere. They renamed that Reagan Rock for Jason Wall because he loves Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I think it had an actual name, though. Oh, it probably does, but it's Reagan Rock from now on. It's in video and everything, so. <laughs> All right, I know that you have to go soon. Uh, yeah, I got to get Jet in here duties, soon. But, dude, yep. I had a lot of fun doing a little trip recap. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It sounds like you guys had an adventure, like a true, true adventure, like something you've never experienced before, so that's awesome. It gets me excited, man. I always love trying different stuff, especially, you know, I didn't fall head over heels and I'm, uh, I haven't been on overlanding, but we've done like mudding and stuff before on four wheelers and racers. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was really fun, man. It makes me want to set up a rig. Heck yeah, dude. And when you do, uh, I'll ride with you. Oh, for sure. Co-pilot engaged. Dude, I'm in a hundred percent. And with that said, it's been an awesome episode, man. <laughs> So for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, you all have yourselves a wonderful day, and we will catch you on the next go-round. Adios.